0: Oh, yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Yes, it is Judd's Hockey Show, late night post-game edition of the Vegas Golden Knights for the Minnesota Wild 3 in a shootout in what was uh, a very entertaining hockey game. I'm at the X. Declan Goff is at home. He just watched the game. I watched the game from the uh, press box uh, just to update you, the Dallas Stars lead the Nashville Predators 4 to nothing right now. It's late in the third period. So uh, when this is all said and done, the Wild get a point tonight. They have 98 points. Dallas, by the end of the night, will have 98 points. Both those teams have played 77 games. Colorado, two games in hand. They've played 75 games. They are sitting on 96 points, so an incredibly tight race gets all the tighter, a lot to talk about off tonight's game, uh, including the Wilds' inability in the final minute to hold on to a lead. But, Declan, I'll start off with this. When I compare this game, and, yes, there's some disappointment here, when I compare this game to what I saw on Saturday, from the Wilds' perspective, if I'm Dean Everson, I like this game a lot more because they spent a lot more of this game dictating the style that they want to play. It felt like Saturday that Vegas dictated their style, which is a faster, speedier style. Which the Wild can play, but not as well. Uh, I thought a lot of this game, the Wild actually had a handle on things. Disappointing they don't get the two points. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, what the Wild did tonight definitely plays in a postseason game that they could play against like Vegas or Colorado much more so than what we saw Saturday. It's a fine line to split here, like it, it, it's trying to split hairs, but. You know, The Wild, it was not a lack of effort on Saturday. I thought it was a lack of execution of who they are. Tonight, for the most part, I thought we saw far more of what the style they want to play executed on home ice.
1: So two ways to look at this, I guess. Uh, the way I look at it is it's disappointing. You weren't able to get two points. You had them on the doorstep to walk away with a regulation win. And instead, you have to gut out another overtime and shoot out on home ice. Points are imperative. You're trying to win the Central Division um yes you get a point but still a little bit of um missed opportunity if you will mm-hmm. not getting the two points having to go to a shootout uh letting vegas get the last goal there six on five to force the overtime disappointment there however mm-hmm. um i agree that it was a more fine game from the wild the night you know when they got down one nothing after the first and i was like okay is this going to be a grind for them to try to get back into this thing. I thought they responded well in the second. I thought they actually played well in the third. They just unfortunately um, couldn't close it out there in the last 60 seconds. Vegas is a tested team. They've been to the playoffs before. Last year was just the first time in their short existence. They have not played in postseason hockey. They're obviously going back this year, but uh, disappointed. I I, I would say disappointing because you could have just clinched the playoff spot tonight. You can still back into it, of course. We're recording this in the middle of some, things up in the air but i i would just say better game for
0: sure but disappointment that you weren't able to get the two what i love about this is these last um three games especially right colorado which you won in colorado very impressive last week vegas the loss on saturday and then tonight a loss but you get a point um this is such a great test though like i love this because this is what you i, I don't look at these games as like one-off games to me these are all and this is what i like about it as you enter the playoffs these are all playoff type games and you can see things from certain players you, you could see things from your goaltending Gustafson I thought had one bad goal tonight it was very uh it wasn't the exact same circumstance but the the shot from the boards was similar to me I think it was the second goal that uh, Flower gave up on Saturday this one beating Gustafson I want to say to the blocker side tonight but you know, when you sort of break this down and watch the style of play and watch the style of game and see who stands out, it is sort of instructive, I think, Dex. Um, a guy that impressed me tonight to no end. And, in fact, um, he doesn't belong on the fourth line. But Brandon Duhane, who scored a goal tonight and was off. You know what? Right now, he is a better version of Felino than Felino is. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, he brings speed. He, he brings grit. He brings exactly what you want to exemplify this team, which is they're not a sexy team. They are certainly not the more talented team. Doesn't mean the bereft of talent, um, but they are a team that has to work its ass off. And that's, and that's sort of what you're seeing now too. Um, the breakdown at the end, to go back to your point, the six on five goal, which was scored by the second goal of the, the game, uh, scored by Pavel Fayev, who was scored two goals, uh, scored on the shootout, was absolutely outstanding. It was disappointing to me because that's where, like, if you're the Wild and this is a playoff game, you've got to lock that down. I know it's tough, but, like, you have to lock that down because this would have been in the playoffs. If you had that lead, which you very well might late in the game, and you give up the right. the. the Uh, goal with your goaltender out, that's a devastating potential loss that you cannot afford. So again, I think that these games are all very instructive to what we're hopefully going to see in the playoffs. And I am hopeful that Dean and this entire team can learn from those things so that the next time they're in the situation, potentially Declan, in a playoff game, they know what to do. Because I don't, you know, Boldy blocked the shot right before the goal. And it was a great play. Puck stays in, but you got to find a way to get that puck out, man. Yep. You just got to, I know it sounds simple, but you just have to.
1: Yeah. And when you saw, I saw our guy, AJ Fredrickson, who joins us to weekly tweet out during the, that last 60 seconds and on the tying goal that, you know, once you saw all those green sweaters just kind of sitting there, you know, at the bottom of the cage with Gus trying to do their best to sell out and try to do their best to clear that puck and, and, and walk away with the wind that you just had that gut feeling. Oh, this is going to go to overtime. Um and yeah, it's in it's instructive because it's not because that this game, like, oh my god, this is gonna be the telltale right. game that shipwrecks them from or or sways my confidence and how I feel about them as a playoff team. No, that that's that that's hogwash. But it is instructive of how to close out a game, man. Like you're gonna you, you could potentially play Vegas in the postseason, right? Like Absolutely. that that you've played them before in the playoffs and you have to you have to sell out and do the things you can when you have a team like that on the ropes where You battled back from the first goal that the opposition scored. I thought, Gus, outside of yes, that second goal looked pretty damn good tonight. Um, And the fact that you weren't able to just clinch the playoff spot and the monkey's been on your back now for the last few nights, and it'd just be nice. You're going to backdoor your way into it probably, but would have been nice to close it out and would have given you that security that, hey, this is not the same old wild, right? This is not the same old team that flashes in the regular season, racks up a lot of points with their depth has a hot goaltender but can't really figure out ways to close out wins and get big-time wins. Right. Um, and that's what that was more of just instructive to me. That was just kind of a gut-punch way to lose. Again, I it doesn't change my opinion on how I feel about them long-term by any means, but it would have been nice just to close this one out and, and punch your two tickets in, the, in, your, in your playoff spot.
0: So to your point about the playoff and the point standings now, um, this, this win gives the Golden Knights 103 points. The Wild's at 99 points. The Golden Knights have, uh, like the Wild now, played 77 games. So they're in excellent shape to win the Pacific. I think the question now is, can the Wild prevail and win the Central? And if they don't, can they have Colorado pass them so that Dallas and the Wild, potentially the Wild with home ice playing Dallas? So like, there's a lot of things at, at work here. Um, here's a question. If it's a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And and so Dean, to his credit, um, shortens his defensive bench at that point. Uh late tonight, he was playing he was playing Brodeen, Dumba, Spurgeon, Middleton, uh, in the last bit of that game. I think it was the last approximately five minutes of regulation. In a playoff game, do you throw Spurgeon out there with pro Brodeen to try and lock it down? Because I think I do. Absolutely. D- Gumbo was sprawled And look, I mean, overtime was
1: potentially disastrous there.
0: Yeah. Well, and my God, when Klingberg had a two on one against him, I almost jumped out of the press box. It's like, and and unfortunately in that case, I think Gus made a save or the Vegas player went in too deep. But I think in that situation, I think you got to seriously say if you have a chance to lock a game down and like, you got to win that game. Like tonight's game in the playoffs, you've got to win. This is how you lose a playoff series this would this would have been a devastating loss now I know it, in in uh, this case it goes to the worst thing in sports a shootout which I absolutely hate but um I think you got to consider 46 and 25 y- Yeah, you and I to. know Spurgeon plays more but I just don't that's fine it's a playoff game
1: no you you got it you got to put your best defenders in the ice and look Klingberg um I thought I had a fun game tonight that power play goal is kind of yeah. why you trade for him right that's the Klingberg experience right I mean that's kind of reminiscent of uh, Joey Galloway with the twins. Like he's going to have some highs. He's going to have some lows. Um, the volatility is certainly there, but you mean the way he danced up and down that blue line to basically be a traffic cop and pick his spot from the top and get a big goal. That was awesome. But when you need to close things out, you absolutely need your best two players in the ice defensively. And and that's, you know, Dean and Spurgeon together. That's mix and matching lines. That's where Dean has to be a bit better than he was in previous postseason appearances where Yeah, mix and match your offensive lines too, right? Like if it's the opposite, we're we're talking about with the Wild trying to close out a game. If if it's the opposite in the offensive game, you know, can you figure out a way to have Boldy and if Kaprizov, God willing, is back and Zuccarello all on the ice together in an offensive zone draw, right? Like those are the... Ed Nyquist, perhaps. Right. Just to throw that out there you have to put your best players in the best position to win and you got to put the best players in the ice in those circumstances. And if it was an offensive zone, then maybe you put a Klingberg out. If it's a defensive zone and you need to shut things down, you you put Brodie and Spurgeon together. So that's where you have to marry both of, of these two together. Um, and, and I think that that's what, again, we've been using the word instructive a lot on this episode of Judd's mm-hmm. hockey show. I think that's, what's instructive to figure out what they want to do come playoff time.
0: Absolutely is. And so let's see here. Um, the other thing, too, is, and I just saw a comment that the Golden Knights uh, were skating circles around at the Wild in OT. Yes, they are. They're more talented. They're faster. That's what I said. What you have to do is you have to play a game. First of all, keep, keep in mind, overtime in the playoffs is not three on three. If it was, the Wild it could be in huge trouble, uh, but it's not going to be. So that's why you cannot, while you have talent to use, and when Kaprizov comes back, which I think he'll be back for the playoffs like that. I don't, I would not expect him back a game before that, but I think he'll be back for the playoffs. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to play a game. And this is again, where a fine line, like this, this is all very nuanced. Okay. Dex, in my opinion, um, if you're the wild in the third period, you basically said we are going to hold on to this lead, which I appreciate. Okay. But you can't go, and they and they did this in the third period against the ads, and it damn near cost them as well. You can't go into a complete shell. Like they don't, I don't think they understand the fine line of yes, don't do something stupid. And and Matt, we will talk about Zook in a second, because there's a lot to break down there. I'm very disappointed. Um, but anyway, there's a very fine line of I understand the the defensive shell. They are almost at times You can't go into the old school trap, but like they are basically trying to go into a prevent defense. We're not going to allow you to get into our zone if possible. The issue is I don't think you can do that completely. And against the abs last week, it almost bit them and they did. And tonight at the end, I felt like they were hanging on by a thread. You have to have enough aggressiveness to break out still. So, like, and, I, and I'm not saying that you want to match the Golden Knights and get in a shootout. You do not. But there has to be, if you're going to win in the playoffs, there has to be more of a ability and attitude about if you're up by a goal in the third that you don't go completely into a shell and you still drive the play a bit. And here's where I think, because I don't, in saying this, want to be hypocritical, here's where I think it's possible. There were long stretches decks tonight where the wild forecheck was great. Like, they got in and they forechecked. I don't think you need to give up the offensive zone all the time because you're protecting a lead. And I think that's what we need to see is is when they're going well, and again, when they're playing well, that's a hard game to play. I'm not saying it's not, but I don't care. It's the playoffs. You need to get in there, into the offensive zone, and you need to dictate the forecheck. If you do that, guess what? The puck's a long way from your net. And it felt like that's the one place where, as the third period went on, they sort of got up back on their heels a bit more and got so defensive that that allows the Golden Knights to drive the play.
1: And look at teams like Colorado, who have great offensive weapons, where if you sit back and just wait on your heels, they're going to score. You know, Dallas is very top-heavy. They're not as dangerous offensively as I once thought they were, but they're going to figure out a way to score. You just can't play in that prevent-donna-shell, if you will. Yeah, uh, sure where where you're playing prevent defense mode and you're trying to sacrifice the big play. So you take what's in front of you and just, and just, you know, give it up where they have to figure out a way to play more of a, of a, the 200 foot game. It's not just sitting there. And look, I like the wilds goaltenders and, and goaltending in general a lot more than I had in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, And they're going to be able to rob you here and there, but look, when, when a six on fives on there, or there's a power play or a penalty kill and you're doing your absolute best to try to just play prevent and then playing against the clock, that's not going to work on playoff time. It might bail you once, but it's, right. it's not, it's not going to be a sustainable solution. they got to figure out ways to continue to drive play and not just sit on their heels and wait for the clock to run out.
0: And I think the important thing to that is we're not saying that they should be irresponsible at all. Like We're not saying that they should be trying to make long stretch passes or be sexy or cute, right? Like We're saying get in there and forecheck and keep the puck in the other end. It's the best way to prevent goals. And because this whole thing, like tonight when Vegas pulls their goaltender and now the wilds literally like diving around and they're trying to clear the puck, And, and again, Boldy made a great block. It still wasn't enough. And so like, that's the thing. Cause you're right. This will win you a playoff game. You'll, you'll win a few, but you know what? We're tired of that. Nobody wants to see them win two games. You want to see them win a damn series. And I think that that is entirely possible with a few tweaks of what we saw Tonight, but I like this game a lot more than I like what I saw Saturday. Let's talk about Matt Siccarello, because I'm seeing lots of comments about him, and I don't disagree with you people at all. I'm with you. Um, I looked this up for for Mackie and Judd this morning for statements, but we didn't get to it. But I'll give it to you now. Matt Siccarello scored goals in the first two games Kirill missed. If you remember, I said, Matt, you got to shoot the puck now. You're big boy, got to shoot the puck. Kirill's not there. He hasn't scored now in the past 10 games. And he has two goals, and I don't believe he had. I'm checking my notes out. He he did have an assist tonight. So he has two goals and seven assists in 11 games without Kaprizov. Um, I felt like he showed up a little bit more tonight. Like, I feel like I saw him more, but it might have been because I was here. But flat out, you got to get more from him, man. Like the playoffs can't start. You can't have this. And I know, I know, we all think, well, if Zuccarello's back, or I'm sorry, if Kaprizov's back, Zuccarello's fine. But he got to produce more. He's got to produce more right now. Um, This is a, I mean, I think he's now on technically the second line, but he's still a top six guy. And it is maddening to watch him. I feel like Ryan Hartman right now is playing really well, and he's playing how he should play. But Matt Zuccarello. I called out Boldy about a month ago, and he's been freaking unbelievable. I will right now. I'm calling out Zuccarello. You, dude, you have to produce more. And you also have to not give the puck away in the defensive zone. And if I'm not mistaken, on the first goal, the Colasar the goal by the Golden Knights, Hutton took the shot. If I'm not mistaken, that was Matt's guy. Matt was right there. You got to get that guy. Like, again, these are playoffs-type t- games. Matt Sicarello performing like he is now will be part of what could potentially cost you a playoff series. So I'm calling him out. Step up, man. You're a veteran. You need to do way more. And I don't care if 97 is playing or not. You are at a point in your career where this team needs a lot more, and your performance is not acceptable.
1: Yeah, he's he's got to be a lot better, and he's got that long stick, and he's gone through phases... This year, where he doesn't shoot a lot, or you know, he likes to be pass happy because he's just a natural playmaker. But at this point, when you, when someone like Kirill Kaprizov's out, well, someone else has to also step up. And yeah, Matt Boldy has been that guy, so I'm not discrediting what Matt Boldy has done. But Matt Sikurell is part of that too. I mean, he's able to draw so much attention around and 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 get people open and and make their lives a lot easier. But he also needs to figure out ways to be good without Kirill Kaprizov, right? I mean, that that's kind of been what you'd like to see. And you know, just looking at yeah his Corsi 4 without Kirill Kaprizov this year so um not the perfect statistic but all shot situations uh, when on the ice with Kirill Kaprizov Matt Zuccarello and and Kirill have a 56% Corsi 4 which means they're tilting the ice um in their advantage they're they're generating more shots than they're allowing when he is not with Kirill Kaprizov his Corsi 4 is 33%. So that means the ice is extremely tilted the other way and that Matt Zuccarello is not generating enough shot attempts when he is on the ice without Kirill Kaprizov. And look, Kirill's a superstar player. Matt was a great player with the Rangers. He's had kind of a second wind here with the Wild because of Kirill Kaprizov um, and vice versa to a degree. But he needs to figure out a way to legit still drive some offense. I mean, a, a 33% course he for, and that's a small sample size because he has spent almost the entire season with Kirill Kaprizov up until he's been injured over the last month but that is atrocious. That means literally 66% of the shots when Matt Zuccarello was on the ice are coming from the opposition and going on the other net or going towards the I other buy net. That. I shouldn't
0: say that. Buy that completely.
1: So he has to figure out ways to help drive that offense a little bit more and be a lot better. And yeah, once those two get back, their chemistry is insane. No one's denying that. But for right now, Matt Zuccarello is someone that needs to be relied upon more offensively.
0: Yeah, and he just can't cash out right now. And and those first, again, two games without Caprice, obviously scored two goals. So I'm like, okay, he's he's not the perfect player, but he's shooting. And, and his propensity, it, it feels like just eye test. Uh, his propensity for bad turnovers in his own zone has been a season-long problem. I'm going to give you, in fact, we, we can uh, build upon this Wednesday on Judd's Hockey Show with Judd Declan and our friend Jesse Pierce from the Bardown Beauties. Um, I don't know where he's going to be in playing shape, and I don't know how quickly he will play potentially in the postseason, but Gustav Nyquist is a right wing. am just going to drop that in there. Gustav Nyquist is a pretty damn skilled player, and he's a right wing. I don't know that you should be rewarded for your chemistry when the chemistry is now gone and you're playing. I'm just saying, I just, it's just something to throw out there. I'll, I'll come back to that when we do the show on Wednesday with Jesse. Uh, Okay, let's go to the Klingberg goal. Uh, John Klingberg, in his own zone, as I've said before, it's like he is stick handling a grenade at times. Uh, It just scares me, in his own zone. But on the power play especially, but in the offensive zone, the lateral movement that he has to move the play along the blue line, and the cling-fling, that shot he throws, it's a fling, it's a cling-fling. The shot he throws at the net, because it's not a slap shot. It's, it's a fling. Uh, it's it's the exact shot. I think we both talked about this once before. It's what Ryan Souter wanted to do, but it was always just weak as hell. But Klingberg, it's actually heavy. It's a good shot. Um, it is one of the more remarkable things I have seen, because you realize he's doing this against NHL talent. Mm-hmm. He literally moves the play because he's going at a 90-degree angle, Right. He moves the play. He moves the blue line along, and and it's like a old school um, the uh, the t- table hockey game where you're controlling oh, the guy. Table like hockey, yeah, because you're controlling the guy like this, and then he flings the puck, and the damn thing either gets on net or just goes right through. Uh, it is one of the more remarkable things I, I have. There's a lot of things I don't appreciate about his game, but I really appreciate an ability that I think very few guys have.
1: Yeah, this is where you uh, get your popcorn ready when you have a guy like John Klingberg, who is a playoff guy and an offensive moving defenseman, and someone who at one time was one of the most dangerous guys on the power play, and, and still is a very good power play quarterback, if you will, and has the fling. The what did you call it? The cling fling. Cling, cling fling. Yeah, because he a cling fling. It. I think yeah, it's so. Like, like a wrist it. shot. I think of a paid advertise or unpaid advertising, I think Soda Stick just got a new T-shirt right there. The Klingfling from uh, from Judd Zolgad. You I can at least see him on, on on his own on his own royalty there. I want, want my royalties, um, Soda Stick. But but yeah, he, when when he's playing well and when he's at the top of the point, that's that's always been something that you traded for, and that's been something that he's been able to do before. So if he can be that guy, because they don't believe in Kalen Addison, Kalen Addison's not going to probably clear. draw on this unless Klingberg suffers some type of injury, and that's clear. I guess I I don't know what the future really holds for. Kaelin Addison and his Minnesota wild career, but this is where Klingberg, I I think uh, really showed where he belongs. And yeah, I get, I, you get your popcorn ready with my friends at popcorn too, which is some tasty, delicious popcorn. Okay. They even got some hot fudge options. They have a lot of great options at popcorn and they're located in Minnetonka off Shady Oak road and highway 62, or you can just order it online Our Judd's hockey show audience, which uh, is gearing up for the playoffs here. We're going to be starting up in a couple weeks. This has been one of the biggest, uh, most successful Minnesota Wild podcasts around. So thank you for helping make that happen. If this is the first time you're checking that out, hit that subscribe button. Um, we'll be rocking this after Minnesota Wild playoff games. We'll turn this into event line. Might be your only shot to really have event line here in the Twin Cities. So if you want to do that, uh, go and join Judd's Hockey Show. We'll be sending out invites. We want to hear for as many of you as possible. And yeah, And go check out our friends at Popcorn and Popcorn.com.
0: All right, let's get to Map Boldy, my man. Matt Boldy, 13 goals in 12 games, playing with more confidence than we have ever seen before. At some point in time, tell me this, Dex, at some point in time, when do the kids stop calling this small sample size? Because, I mean, this is now, and I understand it's not going to continue like this. That's almost impossible. But like, at what point do we just sort of bow out and say this is really incredible? Because it's not a week run; it's not a two week run. I mean, this is now basically Quill goes out, and this guy has picked up the slack. the uh, The goal that um, they scored to make it th- uh, three to two late in the second period, which was the Boldy saucer pass, I think, on the backhand to Eck, Eck back through uh, through the defenseman to Boldy and a beautiful goal was an absolute work of art. Like this is this run. I've run out of adjectives and superlatives, but I mean this run 12, 13 goals in 12 games is incredible.
1: Yeah. He, uh, in terms of answering your question, the sample size. um, I mean, he's been a streaky player throughout the course of this year. So there's been times where he's been lining it up. There's been times where he's been awful pretty much, or not showing up on the statue, I should say. Um, and right now he's just feeling himself, man. I really thought he might have had a chance towards the end of that overtime on that last rush where he had the buzzer beater earlier, uh, a few weeks ago that he might be able to play hero again. Um, and he's, he's answered the call since Kirill Kaprizov went down. That's where I'm curious when he, if Kirill comes back, how does Boldy still have that mojo? How does Boldy, uh, still find ways to show up on the score sheet? That's what I'm most curious with, but he's been their best player. I mean, he's the first player since Gabrick as a 21 year old or under to score 30 goals in a season. That happened in the wilds, I believe, second uh, in, or second season as a franchise. So it's been 20 years essentially since you've seen a 21 year old on this team come in and score 30 goals. And look, Kirill Kaprizov's already kind of up there in age for a 20 year old, right? He's not—he was already a seasoned vet from the KHL. Um, right. it, it's it's impressive, obviously, because you're putting your name with Marion Gabrick, who was this team's first real star. But it's also—I always get you know—kind of sad or just. Um, kind of laugh at some of those statistics where it's like they went 20 years without any type of 21-year-old coming close to this. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's hilarious when you really think about it. Though Yes, the Wild have been good in the regular season. They've been successful. But it's been 20 years since you saw a 21-year-old, someone of Matt Boldy's age and, and, and stature, get back up to that level. And yeah, he's been one of their best players.
0: Yeah, in this run, it's just, you know what? It's so refreshing, too, to see him play with confidence like this because I feel like at times part of the problem with him is his own mentality, right? He doesn't shoot. Well, he shoots now. Um, But, I mean, you see what he can do. And this is, in my opinion, this is a power forward. Like this is a guy who can, because he can uh, drive to the net. He can get there. That play with Ekman. Was was great. Now Eck has not scored as much of late, but I mean he still makes a ton of plays. He still gets the screens. I mean Eck does so many little things that again, to go back to my point about playoff games are pain in the asses to do, but he does it. Um, the real shame of tonight is this: when you have Jared Spurgeon go to the box at 11:23 of the third period, and Vegas gets its third power play. And so ordinarily to start the penalty kill, your two defensemen are Spurgeon and Brodine. Well, when Jared Spurgeon's in the box and you kill that off, you want to win that damn game. Like that's an impressive penalty kill right there. Um, And it's weird because the Golden Knights officially on that power play had two shots, but it was actually the shots they didn't get on goal that were the, the most, dangerous there was an eichel opportunity i think and one more in front where the puck got shoved wide but i mean that's a that's part of of the shame of this game is that that penalty kill was impressive um my other question when it comes to the golden knights is this if the jack eichel who made the play on the game time goal shows up but he doesn't do it consistently yeah he's like a guy at a he's like a guy at an outdoor hockey rink right and he's easily the best player but he, but he's like so intent on showing you he's the best player. And sometimes it's like he doesn't do it. But then that pass that he got out front and that goal, the first assist went to, because I think the pass was for him, went to William Carlson. And then it got through and the shot came. But that play, go back and watch it by Eichel, is phenomenal. It's off the charts. Again, the type of play you'd like to stop him on. Uh, But nonetheless, if that's the Jack Eichel that shows up throughout the course of the playoffs. And I don't I don't think he ever played in a playoff game with Buffalo, too. I don't think he is. And and they didn't make the playoffs in uh, Vegas last year. He's never played in a playoff game. Yeah, that could be a pain in the butt for somebody. At least. Even you can see why off.
1: numerous, numerous teams were interested in him. And why the wild were maybe kicking the tires on to bring him in when he wants to be, he's a damn good player, man. I mean, yeah, he was all over the ice tonight and yeah, that goal. Yeah, I thought the same thing and his shootout goal. I mean, good Lord. I mean, Gus oh, yeah. as much as well, I love shootout, him.
0: Thank, thank God that's not part of the playoffs. Yeah. I was watching that and I'm like, and I know it's fun to a certain degree, but I was watching, I'm like, this has a, been a great game and it's going to end on a skills competition. And what's funny is the three-on-three decks, the building is so, like, intense because it's so, you know, it's back and forth. There's breakaways. Right. There's this and there's that. And then the shootout, it's intense, but it's not the same. But fortunately, none of that counts. So you don't have to concern yourself with with that. But, yeah, that Eichel pass. And the way that he, what's that dipsy doodle move where he, like, and he tried it in OT. It didn't work. Uh, I think he tried it against zuccarello who just fell down which was actually sort of smart but he's got that dipsy doodle move where he tries to put the puck between his legs yeah and he did that on that play that tied the game it's like oh my god yeah he's that is fun
1: he's good he's gonna he's, it's gonna be a good player to watch in the postseason for sure
0: all right you got f- final thoughts i think i am uh i think i have gone through my notebook i do ha- have some stuff that we could certainly discuss with jesse pierce on wednesday but uh I think that's it. Fun uh, game, disappointing yeah.
1: loss. Even as we finish That'll this point episode point. up, uh, the Wild have officially clinched a playoff spot. So the Wild oh, did, they have. Did, they did clinch playoff spot. So right. the 10th time, uh, four straight year, 13th time in franchise history. They're looking for their first postseason victory since 2015. Postseason series victory mm-hmm. since 2015, I should say. Yep. See if it happened this
0: year, man. I don't and know who's it, it going to be, but. The Dallas game is done now, right? Dallas won. Mm-hmm. So technically, who is... Who is in Vegas right now?
1: Uh, Well, oh, oh, uh, in the
0: Central Stars, right? I think the Stars are because I think the Stars. I think I think the first tiebreaker isn't wins. It's yep. The first tiebreaker is regulation wins. The Stars have thirty-five. The Wild has thirty-two. Colorado, which is two points behind both those teams, thirty-two regulation wins. Um, And so yes, so. Right now, it's a situation where the Wild is clinched a playoff spot, like you said, but they would meet uh, Colorado. You don't want that. Nobody does. But you know what? If you're trying to lose weight, Declan, which you're not because you're a skinny, skinny guy, but if you are, what you want is a consultation with my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who are going to help you drop weight. And then most importantly, they're going to help you keep that weight off. That's the most important thing. Weight control centers does not mean diet. It means a lifestyle change, but it's easy. And guess what? It's going to help you keep those pounds off. Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. And if you inquire now, you're going to get the first eight weeks for free. That means when summer hits, you're going to feel great and look great. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com, 855, go Livia is the route to weight loss. All right, sir. All
1: right, hit that subscribe button. Daily uh, Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to our friend Jesse Pierce on Wednesday. We got scoops with Doogie tomorrow. Pat Royce, Unchained. Uh, Thor Nystrom on Purple Daily with some mm. reckless draft speculation. We don't uh, We don't rest here. Maybe even a Joey Gallo apologetic tour from yours truly, maybe on Mac. I want to know drag, if you're going to get uh, those tickets back. As well. And a season, t- how about this, a little tease, a little season ticket update for Dex Tweets. Time is ticking.
0: It's the 27 Yankees. Time is ticking for Dex. The 27 Yankees didn't get off to this good of a start. Mm -hmm. Four games, first four games of the 27 season. One of the most historical lineups of all time. 33 runs, twins are at 22. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back tomorrow, Mackey
1: and Judd. And remember, pass you score.
0: You know, there's no room for petty bull.